0: great day amazing humans yes welcome to empowered in my skin the podcast we feature guests of varying backgrounds and lived experiences to share their empowering stories knowledge and insights our goal is for you the listener to fill your mind with empowering content to further empower your human I'm your host, Waffle Robinson, and founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, Inc. I'm an award-winning technology executive, having been awarded Most Powerful Women in Canada Top 100 by the Women's Executive Network WXM, in 2020. But that's not all. I'm a proud author, an International Federation of Bodybuilding Pro Athlete, an inspirational speaker, and viral sensation with speeches that have been viewed over 10 million times worldwide. I trust that you are already feeling empowered. So please listen, leave a review, share the podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day. Amazing humans. Yes. Welcome to the next episode of Empowered On My Skin, the podcast. Our next guest is an award-winning, internationally recognized happiness researcher, speaker, educator, and author. And I'm going to ask you, the listener, to just take a moment right now to take in this bio, because I have to read it, for you'll understand fully why we are having this conversation today. She has a PhD from Western University in health science. Her primary areas of research are happiness and health. Her work combines the latest research, practical wisdom, and an engaging style to help people live happier, healthier lives. She is passionate about research. She's the founder of the International Happiness Institute of Health Science Research. She's a research associate at the World Database of Happiness, based out of Erasmus University, Rotterdam, in Netherlands. She's a co-lead investigator of the Happiness at Work study in partnership with the Canadian Mental Health Association. And most recently, she's participated in industry research with L'Oreal, Interact, Cooperators, and Pantene, a, a division of Procter & Gamble. She... Was recently named one of Canada's top 100 most powerful woman in Canada by the Women's Executive Network. Yes, welcome to the club. <laughs> She's a prominent media personality appearing on The Social, Marilyn Dennis, Breakfast Television, The Morning Show, Global, ABC News, Philadelphia, W.W. New L, New Orleans, and CBS Pittsburgh. What? Where does she have time to live? <laughs> Where does she get time? She's a top-rated keynote speaker and has given two TED Talks, which two X Talks, which you have to listen to. I'm putting the links in the notes. She lives in Toronto. Yes, we claim her! <laughs> and with her French bulldog, we claim the bulldog as well, Jocko! And she sits on the board of the Sunshine Foundation of Canada, the advisory board at examine.com, an, an independent organization that investigates the science behind nutrition and supplementation, and is an invited member of the Staples Work With Anywhere Advisory Council, a collective of experts and thought leaders who provide Staples with insights and practical solutions for the new world of work, which clearly... Are th- the last couple of years, we definitely need so listeners, family, friends, put everything that you have—that massive energy—that I know that you're embodying right now—together for the amazing Dr. Jillian Mandich. <laughs> oh wow! What a way to start! Oh my I am gosh! Just- <laughs>
1: Uh, it's always so great to see you and I am just so thrilled to be, our conversations are always, I leave just feeling so, so charged
0: Thank and um,
1: I'm so, so excited. Thank to, to, to you be, and I, you.
0: I love how we met, you know, I met yes. listening to yes. you and just totally empowered by your story and it seems that, and we're, we're going to get into it now, it seems that every time we've met, it's always been in a period of our life where we've needed where oh. I, at least I know I've needed some Dr. Jillian.
1: A hundred percent. It's it's like when our paths cross, it's so we're going through something. Divine. It's real. Yeah. And
0: it's, it's yeah, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to my team, yes, you did the research. But that research was done for an interview that was originally scheduled. I don't know. I think we've rescheduled either two or three times. Yes. Yes. Yep. And yes. so today I... Almost rescheduled. And, and the reason why is because my dad passed away um, suddenly and unexpectedly last Saturday. I was on my way to see him, actually, from Toronto to Montreal. And I thought, am I even equipped to be able to have this conversation with you today? And something just said to me, don't cancel it. Don't cancel it. And this even this morning when I was in, um, woke up with my husband and I mentioned it to him and, he, and I said, I feel I need to have this conversation. And then I think about this podcast and what it's all about. And it's not about, you know, having the show when everything is great and glorious because that's not life. And so yeah. you are the happiness doctor. And I believe in this time just for myself and for everyone that's listening, I'd love to really talk about happiness around grief, right? Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and what I've been experiencing. And then I'd love, you know, you you study the science of it you know, to help me and to help the listeners, because grief is not just when somebody passes, it's it's just, it's no. a loss of something, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so in the B roll, we were, you know, I was really sharing that one of the things I always do is I greet people with great day. So we're going to just mm-hmm. start there. Yeah. And I had to, I pause sometimes, because I'm like, when somebody reaches out, do I respond? Great day, amazing human, like I normally would. Or should I be mm-hmm. changing the way I respond because of what I'm going through? And then I just realized, I don't know, I didn't have a conversation with you yet. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear what you say. I had to keep the great day because that's who I am. And I just want to become more of who I am as I work mm-hmm. through this grief. And so what's your, like, what's even your thought about that? Like how we should show up when people reach out in a, in, in the moments when we're grieving?
1: Yes, yes. So, um... So I just want to start um, and just acknowledge you for the courage that we're having this conversation right now. Um, I know that it's not easy and yet... It's so important, and and to give this gift to to you listening right now. Um, so I just I want to start off by thanking you for for having the courage to to show up.
0: Thank you, and
1: to be you, and to ask these questions. Right? It's like for some reason grief and death is this the scary thing that we don't want to talk about, and we don't like we just ignore it. We pretend like it's not happening. We bottle it up. We we distract ourselves with like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the variety of <laughs> different things. Right, and it's very much an important part of life. In fact, that's, a, that's one thing that's universal is we are all going to die and we are all going to experience recent loss. And I think especially just the way it is, I'm a happiness researcher, right? I study happiness. And part of studying happiness is, is understanding that we can't be happy all the time. You know, like when I first started researching happiness, I honestly thought, okay, Jillian, you are a researcher, and you don't like feeling the challenging emotions, grief, anxiety, depression, fear, What all of those. And you want to be happy. So why don't you study it and figure out how? Mm-hmm. And what I quickly learned was that in, in terms of healthy psychological functioning, we can't be happy all the time. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And there's even research, sometimes it's referred to as like the dark side of happiness, where people who set their goal as to be happy all the time, are paradoxically less happy than other people. And when Mm. I first read some of these papers, I was like, hold on a second. Like, how does this work? If you're trying to be happy all the time, even if you don't get there, like you think you'd be further along than most people, right? But what happens is you have set yourself an impossible goal because it is impossible to be happy all the time. Mm. And so what happens when we don't reach our goals, right? We start to feel down on ourselves. The negative Mm -hmm. self-talk creeps in. The stories, the narratives, we're not good enough. We're not trying hard enough. We need to do more, the shoulds, the this, the that, right? And so I really feel that part of understanding happiness is understanding that we can't be happy all the time. And there are situations and circumstances where feeling happy is not advantageous, right? It's, it's more about the match. Mm -hmm. So when we're experiencing a loss, whether it be loss of a loved one, Mm -hmm. loss of a relationship, loss of a job, Mm -hmm. it's, it makes sense to feel grief, to feel sadness, to to feel lost, to feel pain and, often in those situations, if we are, if we don't give ourselves the grace to feel those things and tell ourselves that we're supposed to be being happy, what actually ends up happening is we feel even worse, right? Because we're, we're not feeling happy, Mm -hmm. but we feel this obligation to be happy, but we're not. And so we almost feel even worse than when we started.
0: Mm, Because we're pushing through something that's, that's really tough to push through.
1: Exactly. And generally in those times we're depleted too, right? Our energy is low. We're sad. We, we don't have, and that's also part of it too. Like I really, I, I went through a breakup in the summer of a four year relationship. And at that time, so I was very upset. I was heartbroken. I was so heartbroken. And I thought, okay, Jillian, you you are a happiness researcher. So it's time to put into action all these things that you study and that you do. And like, what are you going to do? And (laughs) I was like, okay, like, right. Um, Let's
0: get to business. I was feeling really (laughs) sad. Yeah. And I was
1: feeling really sad. And so I would tell my friends, I I see a therapist I have for years, every other Friday, that's a very often beneficial piece of this as well is to, to talk to um, trusted mental health professionals. Right. Um, But even from a personal perspective, I started noticing that I would tell my friends, you know, especially my girlfriends, we talked to them all the time on the phone. Right. And I would say, I'm really sad. And then they would say, well, Jillian, like, how are you sad? You study happiness. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, so what? Doesn't mean I can't be sad because I study happiness. And I think that that's a part of the learning too, is that when we know that the goal isn't to be happy all the time, mm-hmm. then we can give ourselves the grace to feel those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, because if we don't, then what happens? We bottle them up, we push them down, we pretend like they're gone, but guess what? They don't go anywhere. And in mm-hmm. fact, they can mate, we can bottle it up and get even worse. And then weird things can happen, right? We can just have like some weird outburst if some mm-hmm. cashier in the grocery store that gave you the wrong change or whatever, right? Like, it's just, I really feel like, and I, having this conversation around embracing the full spectrum of human emotions, you mm-hmm. know, it is, it is normal, oh, like it is healthy, it is, it is such an essential part of the human experience to have the full spectrum. Some days we are sad and some days we are happy. And that is life. It's kind of like, I almost think of it like a sheet of music, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at like a sheet of music, there's like high notes and low notes and stuff all right. All arranged. And it sounds beautiful. Um, but if you look some of those notes are low and some of those notes are high. And if we just played one high note, let's call that a happy note it would just like sound like one, one long continuous tone. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. The range of the notes is what gives us a beautiful symphony. And that's the way I see life, right? Our life is a symphony. And sometimes we have low notes, but they also allow us to appreciate the, high the notes. other pieces of it the, too. The other, yes. Right,
0: right. Right. And so I have it's a like, question for you then. Mm-hmm. So how do we move through that as we interact with other people? And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is I'm like, I recognize I have never. So first thing first, sorry, is you talked about therapy. And so one of the things I'm going to mention it now, because we don't forget about it is tools. I realize that I have been very beneficial having people like yourself in my life, just having the circle, the tribe that I have in my life, all the thought leaders I've listened to. um, I, I myself have, you know, have going through, you know, therapy um, books that I've read. So I have a lot of tools that, that were already implanted in me that I find now are just kicking off. So what I've really observed mm-hmm. is I am thinking about what I'm thinking about mm-hmm. and I am aware of my emotions and what I'm feeling. So one of the things mm-hmm. I've observed about myself is when someone calls, depending on who it is, yeah. they'll ask me, how you doing? And I'll say, I'm good, <laughs> yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. um, and for me, I'm saying that because, I, and I don't know, I'm trying to unpack it. Like, sometimes it's, it's either because I don't want to get into it. Sometimes it's that I don't want to impose my, you know, emotions on them right now because they might be having a great day or whatever it is. And I don't want to dampen their mood. Um, and some of it is, and, and I, again, I like I said, I'm unpacking. So what is that? What is that when people reach out to us in these moments of adversity or challenge and yeah. how we express ourselves back or think to express ourselves back. And mm-hmm. there's an automatic response. So what's your, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Cause it's, it's like, for example, like if, if it's someone that you haven't talked to in you know, a couple months, do you really want to get into exactly those things? So I think that there's one, there is no right or wrong way to grieve.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's what's right for you. And so part of it is it's not – it's really about what you're choosing and your intention with what you're doing that that matters. So if, if you don't – and also, like, we don't have to share everything. It is an earned thing mm. in a safe space. And so if that is not the case and that is not the environment, we don't need to overshare because oftentimes what happens when we do, we feel worse after, right? So people – earn the right we we, over time when you have those relationships and trust is built right we go back and forth and over time it's like when you have a new friend at first you just sort of know a little bit about them and then over time you know you get to know each other a little better and then maybe something difficult happens and they're there for you so the, the the trust deepens right so if it's completely fine, if someone calls you and you say, I'm good, and you want to move on, because Mm -hmm. we don't have to talk about every part of our life with everybody, you know, like, think of all the other parts of our life that we aren't sharing right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. It's just because this is in the forefront of our mind, because it's so real, and it's so visceral, and it's so emotional that it's there. But really, in reality, there are so many other things going on, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And we don't tell all of that to everybody either. So giving ourselves the grace, like, if, if we want to share a little bit, mm-hmm. we can, if we don't want to, we don't have to, if we want to say something like, you know, I, I've, I've got a lot of personal stuff going on right now.
0: Right. So that's right? like, they don't need yeah. to know the, yeah. The if details. you want, yeah.
1: if you feel that maybe you're, you're off, but you don't want to get into it. Right. And the other thing is especially, I don't know if you notice this, but a lot of people and I, I myself included sometimes like when someone is sad or crying or like I'm at a funeral, I don't know what to say. And it makes it feel uncomfortable a little bit. And so sometimes people deal with it in different ways. Like my family, for example, uses a lot of humor. Like we were at a funeral and my brothers are all cracking jokes, which may seem like a completely inappropriate thing to do at a funeral. And yet that was how they grieve mm-hmm. by, by laughing and mm-hmm. by, so there's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it doesn't make you um, it, anything. If you don't want to share, like mm-hmm. if you say great day, and you're not having a great day doesn't mean it's not a great day. It's yeah, just how I you're get feeling.
0: That. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: I um, get that. That's
0: very helpful. I think,
1: especially too, we almost like our self talk, our inner critic is almost like hyper aware when we're going through grief, right? It's because life is great when it's good and it's easy,
0: right? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, oh, wonderful. It's day, in the tough times where you gym. know who you
1: are. <laughs> and also, those are the tough times that build our character that Mm -hmm. test our values that that strengthen us that show us the resilience of what we're capable for Mm -hmm. for you to show up here today like wow look at the strength that you're showing yourself and also at the same time if you didn't want to show up today then that's beautiful too right there's no
0: right or wrong it is yeah
1: that's it it's what's right for you and how you feel and what, like you said, when you have all these tools in place, like you know, listening to different books or talking to different people, listen whatever those tools are, they can help you get into a mindset to, to help you tap into yourself. You know, mm. like I really believe, like we're students of our body and our body's our best teacher. And so, if we are able to tune in and listen to how we're feeling, and also. Like we were chatting earlier, like, it's a roller coaster, right? Happiness is not a destination, right? We don't just arrive at happiness one day, and grief is not like that either. When one day we're just grieved and we cried for a week, and then now we're good, it, it'll come in waves, you know. Like you'll see something that reminds you of Montreal six months from now and break down and cry.
0: In the in the in just, just, in, right? like, yeah, just in the moment. I know I already yeah. feel it, um, and so man, so much is coming up. So you use the word strong, and it's interesting because. I know like this, like I know on a, on a physical level, when I'm strong, like this, you know, this morning I had to work out. It's my strongest workout I'd mm-hmm. have had since last Saturday. And um, I felt powerful, you know? And so when people mm-hmm. are like, be strong, in that moment, it was hard for me to take that word and really feel it because I was not feeling strong. You know, I felt like yeah. I was about to break down. I felt like my, you know, my mm-hmm. mind was slow. I wasn't, you know, my wits, I didn't have my wits about me. And my mm-hmm. uncle had sent me a message and he used the word fortitude. Mm. And I've heard that word, but I had to look it up. And it's, mm. it's courage in pain in the face of pain and adversity. Mm-hmm. And that's the word because I'm not mm. here because I'm strong right now you know because i know what it feels like when ink is strong mm-hmm. you know i f- like everything yeah, yeah. is working everything's like you know like rolling and flying yeah, yeah. and flowing but fortitude like courage right now mm-hmm. is currency for me mm. you know ooh yeah yeah i
1: love this and it's it's interesting with words too cuz like to me the word strong um like Yes, a piece of it is, you know, feeling that, but also to me, strong is ease and grace. Like, mm. you know, we often think that the people that plow through and push through, they're strong. and But sometimes being strong is saying no. And sometimes being strong is sitting back and giving ourselves grace or quiet. Mm. It's the strength to do what is best for us in the moment, and mm-hmm. so while it may look like super strong, but I think sometimes we get this idea in our head. I think from our culture and marketing and media that that strong means push through all the time and work harder all the time and p- go go go. And to me, strength sometimes is is saying strength no still, or yeah. mm-hmm. or taking the right. It's and I love that word too with the courage. Right, that's that's a big piece too. And these are the things like we can intellectualize things. Like Mm -hmm. we can learn math or we can learn science and we can be taught, okay, Jillian, two plus two is four.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You can't teach courage in the same way. You have to live it and you have to learn it from life. Mm -hmm. And right, like we can say, okay, when things are are hard, be brave. But like, what does that mean? Right? Like that's not helpful until we actually start to live it in our life. And the uh, one thing that, has been in my mind recently in terms of words, it's this idea of range. Hmm. So I remember when I was going through my breakup, I had this moment of like the most painful cry I have ever experienced. Mm. It was like deep in my soul. And it felt like my whole body was just like in excruciating pain. And I was so sad. And I remember thinking that. And then in the next thought that popped in my mind was, Oh my goodness, I'm alive. Mm. Like the depth of pain that I felt because of the loss made me understand even deeper what it is to be alive because I cared that much. I loved that much that this is the pain that I'm feeling the same for you. Like you love your father that much. You have cared for your entire life that much. And I think a lot of people go through life on autopilot. And the alternative is having that range. And when we have that range, we open ourselves up to the pain, but then we also open ourselves up on the other end to what's possible in in the in the rapture, the ecstasy side too, because we are opening up that range. And that yeah. touched me.
0: That's what I've been thinking about a lot. You know, I've, I, and here's the thing. I think grief takes us away from autopilot for the most of us. Yes. Like we're not trying to drown out of it. We're trying to recognize that we got to go through it. I, um, somebody shared this with me. Um, I learned this from Melanie Saka, I believe it's called the jars of grief. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty much thought of that grief shrinks over time. But in this image that I have, so if you can imagine, it's just these jars, and you see, like, the the first jar, same size, the jars, and then the grief, there's a ball in the jar, and it's big, and then it shows it getting smaller. And then they said, no, but the truth is, we grow around our grief. And so the next Mm -hmm. part of the image is, the jar is the same size, the grief ball, no, sorry, the jar, the grief ball is the same size, but the jars are getting bigger. Oh, and that was a tool that. that was already inside of me and so that's really helped me because I think what I've been writing in my journal every single day is allowing my dad and the spirit of him the life of him to expand me mm. you know to make me bigger mm. like truly make me bigger you know because he's not mm. I can't see him anymore He's the unseen yeah. you know and it's holding on and it's that it's that Faith, which I find is really, you know, my, you know, God is, I'm very, you know, about having a relationship with God and that makes me feel expansive.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that analogy. It's true. Right. Because it's often like we wouldn't choose to have these things, but we really do stretch and grow from them, you know, as, as who we are. And I think too, like, we're also not used to change, right? Like as things change and one of the only only permanent things that are guaranteed things is that we're going to die and we're going to have loss and and that's going to happen. I, so my ring, I have this ring on and it says, um, memento Mori. It's, it's, um, it means remember that you'll die. And I look at, and I, because I've, I've been working through this relationship with death. Like we often think that death is this bad, scary thing, right? It's an end point. Uh, and we're all going to get there at some point, but something about remembering that I'm going to die helps me live today. Yes. And, I think when we have those things, it really shifts things into perspective, you know? And nothing is guaranteed to any of us. We could all walk out the door and get hit by a bus right now. Yeah, yeah. So what do we do today? And, like, how do we live today? Yeah. And that perspective and sitting with this idea, I think sometimes death is so scary, you don't even want to think about it. Yeah. And yet yeah, yeah. it can be a very powerful tool to give us perspective to really help us live, live yes. too. Yes
0: i I understand exactly what that is, and when and when I was like it took some time you know we, it was about notifying families first, but I wrote something yeah. to notify you know to share with people i can 't reach, and you, social media is a great avenue to do that, and one of the mm-hmm. things I said is, Dad, I want to continue to use my life like if I feel more intentional like it's just it's sort of that if mm-hmm. I was an autopilot, it stopped me dead in my, and it says, and my brother said something to me the other day he says, sis, you know. Um, he's my older brother, so I'm his baby sister. He's mm-hmm. like, I just Aww. be yourself, just do less, you know? And I get that. And I, there's a mantra I have is, um, is about, I can do less and attract more, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I realized in that it's more about living, making sure that the things I'm doing in the moment are connecting me with life. And not this autopilot mm. moment that next thing you know, you know, you just, and you're missing the things that truly matter in life, you know? So oh. I have a question for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Renee Brown talks about comparative suffering. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it and now I get it. So mm-hmm. recently in the news and, and, um, and it's so funny to everyone I've interviewed, this interview with Jillian is jumping the line, so it'll be closer to the time that we're having this conversation, which is not typically my what I do. I batch my interviews. But recently in Toronto, there's a family of five that passed away in a fire. It's mm-hmm. devastating. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them were over the age of 30. Three mm-hmm. kids and a mother and a father, you know? And for a moment, I understood it because I was like, oh my gosh, how can I how can I, like my, my dad lived for 86 years, you know, and we're talking about people that didn't live for, and for a minute there I was trying to, I'm like, okay, I have to look up comparative suffering, but now that I'm having this conversation with you, Mm. can you explain Mm -hmm. that and how we typically, you know, do that so that we're like, oh my gosh, that's not as bad as that. And so we downplay our suffering.
1: Uh Uh-huh. This is, this is, whether what we and it's very very common where whatever we're experiencing it's like okay well it could be worse it's sort of the narrative that we have in our head so i'm going through something hard but then the thought the next thought that would come in my head is but other people have harder things or other people have more difficulty than me and the challenge with that is that we're comparing and anytime we compare anything we are really going down a slippery slope of a rabbit hole to a place that's not very good for our mental health, right? Whether it's, we're scrolling social media and we're comparing someone's beautiful dinner that they made to our, like, (laughs) not that, whether we're comparing um, our job to someone else, how much money we make, what our body looks like, how much we weigh, whether it be the pain that we're going through, the suffering, the loss, because, we can, we are living our life all of the time. And, and everybody, if we think about life, like a song, like I did before, we're all on different notes at different times. Mm. Right. And so if, if I'm playing a sad note, cause I'm really upset today. And then I look at somebody else that's having an amazing day. Then I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then it, it but guess what? Maybe next week they're pe- playing a low note and I'm mm. in a high note. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's the dance of life yeah, um, that I think as soon as we notice that we're comparing it's, it's, sometimes a lot of going through this is really developing the mental fitness to really start to um, be intentional with our thoughts and to notice Mm -hmm. when our self-talk gets into those things Mm -hmm. and start to pattern the behavior Mm -hmm. to change our thoughts because it's there's always going to be somebody doing better than you in whatever you're comparing and someone worse than you and there's Mm -hmm. always going to be someone in more pain and less pain and someone that's more beautiful and less beautiful and more this and more smart and whatever so it's just not a good place to live you Mm -hmm. know and I think that Sometimes I think we do it from a good place sometimes too to help ourselves, right? Like, you know, if I I went through a breakup and I'm really sad, then thing my my thought if I was comparing could be something like, yeah, well, my good friend just went through a divorce and she has two kids. So Jillian, you don't have any kids and you weren't married. So it's not as bad, right? Like <laughs> that narrative would not be a good one because mm. you can't we can't compare ourselves. We're all unique, beautiful people doing our own life on our own journey and our own path. Mm. And coming back to that idea and giving and what that does is also as soon as we start comparing to other people what have we done we have taken the focus away from ourselves ourselves, right and we have put our emotions in something as contingent on something external and what Mm -hmm. we know Mm -hmm. know, in happiness it starts within right
0: that hit me so what should my what's the what's the story then like what what's what should i say in that moment instead
1: so I almost think of, I think this came from one of my, I've done like so many yoga teacher trainings, but this this is, this thought has really stayed with me about this idea that like thoughts are like clouds and you kind of just let them go and you don't judge them, right? Like I don't sit there and I don't look at one cloud and be like, oh my gosh, that one's really fluffy and that one's flat and this one's <laughs> small, right? They're just clouds and you just notice them. I think of thoughts like clouds because they come and and we can notice them without judgment. Right. And just like we compare ourselves to someone else, sometimes we compare our thoughts to what we think we should, I'm doing like air quotes should do. If instead our awareness became, okay, this is my thought. Okay. And then not dwell on it or choose another thought. Sometimes you have to be intentional about it, right? Like sometimes I say when, when I give like uh, webinars and talks about like and then people want like tips. I always love like sharing tools and strategies. One of the ones I talk about a lot is not seeking like S E E K seeking happiness, mm. but seeing happiness. Mm. Part of happiness is taking a moment to look around and appreciate and notice the good that we already have in our life. And it's not easy. I sort of think of it like, you know, like those Where's Waldo books, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Right? You you open it and there's like a page and there's so much going on and you have to try to to find find Waldo. It It seems like a very simple task and it's not because it's just so busy. That's kind of like our life. There is so much going on that we can't pay attention to everything that's going on. So what do we have to do? To find Waldo, we have to be like, okay, I'm looking for a guy with a striped shirt. He's got jeans on. And then we start to hone in and look. And so part of it is, looking and noticing those things. And so in our life, reminding ourselves that there's so much going on and so much awareness that we can't pay attention to everything that's going on. And so when we start to notice a thought, then instead of going down that thought rabbit hole, just let it go. And we actually have to train our brain. Be like, oh, my thought is right now is looking for blue pants or um, a red shirt, right? Or no, actually, all well, the way a green shirt. But, oh, no, wait, I'm not looking for green shirts. I'm looking for blue shirt, uh, blue pants and striped shirts. Yes. So it's really just training our, part of it is training our brain and sort of repatterning our brain. To so what we should
0: be looking um,
1: to, Yes, and just, it,
0: it, it, it sometimes us. takes work and it's hard, yeah, yeah, right? Because, yeah.
1: But there's the, the lack of judgment and the self-compassion yeah. Is a very big piece of this conversation as well because if that's what we're feeling and that's what we're noticing, giving ourselves that grace to not to allow ourselves to go through those things, but also mm. when we get into some of those, those behaviors like comparing, where we know that comparing isn't grieving; those are mm. different things. Our grief might be causing me to to compare, and yet we need to kind of tease those apart um, because. We all have feelings, like I said, there's no right or wrong way to, to go through this. And at the same time, it's, it's so important for us to pay attention and to mind our mind and to really start yeah. to notice what what am I thinking about? Who am I surrounding myself with? What am I doing? how, And especially when we're in grief, paying attention to things like sleep diet, right? Cause we can easily go off and all those things are big players too. Mm-hmm. I think that our self-care can really take a hit, um, mm-hmm. when we are. And at the same time, when our body is clearer, we can connect more, more right? More.
0: 100%, and so yeah. And it's interesting. Like you went you to the gym that. this morning. Yeah. It's hundred, it's, it's 100%. One of the things I'm so grateful for, and I just thank God that, you know, and I'll be honest with you, my dad and my mom that have instilled such discipline in me is the power of routine like the power of healthy habits. So I don't want to say routine because, but it's more about the self-care. So I have these self-care habits that I do every day that set me up and really and truly the Sunday that I woke up other than the fact that I didn't work out, I did all of the other things. I went into my spiritual, you know, my spiritual practice. I, you know, sort of read the Bible scripture and Mm -hmm. I took in something and, and I did my mantras and, and it really did help me because it was familiar and I think familiarity has brought me some comfort in these times when it just feels like what 's next and, and what what do I do next, and what does next even look like without a life with my dad? You know my girlfriend yeah. said it so beautifully. she said her dad taught her so much in her life, except how to not live with, except how to, except, not, except how to not live with him yeah, yeah. right no, no. Mm-hmm. how to live without him that 's the only thing mm-hmm. he never taught her. Um, mm-hmm. And I get mm-hmm. that. It's so funny when things actually happen to you. Then, yeah. <laughs> that other experiences have really connected with you, and and so you know, just kind of bringing this conversation to a wrap. I do have you know just a final share um, with you mm-hmm. because there's this whole thing when something happens is I wish uh, I coulda, uh, I you know, if only, and there's all these scenarios that you start to build that are not. What actually happened. And so I've been going through that. And so last Saturday, I was on my way to see my dad. And uh, my last conversation with him took place at 237. And I remember that because Mm -hmm. he was fine up to then, you know, well, to me, he was fine. Yeah. and uh and when he asked me he he's very exact he's like in what time is it exactly that you're telling me that you're you're on your way I and at the airport and I said and then the nurse said it's two thirty seven and I can feel like he looked at her and then she said exactly to be exact she said and I said well there you go dad it's two thirty seven. he says okay <laughs> I says I'll see you soon he says yes and I hung up the phone god willing has taken on a brand new I told you that mm-hmm. in our b-roll for <laughs> me my mom says all the time, God willing. I'm like, hey, of course. No, I understand yeah. that now. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm sitting here replaying. Like I could have booked on the 8 the night before when I was booking my flight. Yeah. I could have, my, my flight got canceled. It was at noon. I was on the 4. And if I had just gone there earlier, because when all this happened, it seems to be somewhere in the vicinity of 5.30 and 6.15. Like, you know, and I'm just sitting here and I'm, I'm just replaying so much and I just, mm-hmm. why didn't I get on the eight? You know, why was the flight canceled? <sighs> and did I say the right things when I saw him in the code room? Like, you know, mm. and I just, I know that's not healthy. And so it's, no.
1: about, it's not healthy. There's, it's a process, right? And, If those are your thoughts, those are your thoughts. And those are completely normal to have. We all, it's a natural thing to think about other scenarios. It's just, I think it's like almost we're hyper aware because of the loss, but like really throughout the day, we could, what if I went here instead of there? Like if you got in a car accident today, right? What if I would have left two minutes earlier? What if like, so it's, it's a normal, like in terms of our brain going to those places it's just the challenge with it is there are an infinite number of what ifs. Mm. And I think, especially when we're in grief in grief, we go to sort of the, the what ifs of like loss, but also it could have been, what if my dad had passed away 10 years prior is just the same as a, what if, what if I didn't have all of these, but the way our mind works, it doesn't open us to a representative sample of what ifs. The problem with what ifs is that they're not what is right. And so I think One, we have, like, I I love when you talked about the the habits that you did. I think Mm -hmm. this is a big piece of it. Because, like, happiness is almost like a muscle. So the more that we do things to build habits to make us happier, then over time we get stronger Mm -hmm. and our muscle gets bigger. So then when difficult things happen, which they do, we're stronger in terms of our muscles' ability to cope with the resilience piece of it. And I think, so, in every situation, we can focus on different things, right? And so when you go to those what ifs which is a very normal very normal spiral inter common common is pardon me I'm not I'm using the word normal I mean common um common thought at the same time a different thought is something like um look at I was I was trying my best to get
0: there as soon as I could
1: mm. or I made the effort to go see my father uh, or like so there's different narratives and I think at and some those are point
0: more empowering narratives
1: yeah and also but I really like it's important to not just try to see the world through rose colored glasses. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, it isn't, we aren't perfect. We're human beings Mm -hmm. and we all make mistakes and we all grieve differently. We have terrible thoughts sometimes and we have wonderful thoughts sometimes. Mm -hmm. And especially when we're in grief, I just feel like it's almost like things are so amplified because of that range. Right. Because we're in such a painful place that it's, it's just, it's bigger and pain more painful than day to day but at the same time allowing ourselves to have those things and then sometimes we have to coach ourselves a little bit right mm-hmm. we have to coach ourselves a little bit and so there's this book um it's called the top five regrets of the dying the,
0: the and it was written by a palliative the okay.
1: mm-hmm. top five regrets of the dying it was written by a palliative care nurse who work with lots and lots of people on their deathbed and one of the top five regrets is i wish i had let myself be happier And I think about, like, when we go through all these things, giving ourselves permission to live and to do more, because here's the other thing, your dad, what would he want for you, right, he would want you to go on and to live your life like, and we grieve and everything. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not say that at the same time, part of the gift that we give to our parents when they pass away is that we continue on their legacy and we, we you know, use everything that they taught us to to show up and to share our gifts with the world, right? And it's it's such a privilege to be able to live yeah. for as long as we all get to do it. And the other thing, so there's this, I did a talk at Lakehead University um, maybe a month ago and um, the woman that invited me afterwards, we were talking and I was talking about how happiness is not a destination. It's a practice. And she sent me this picture um, afterwards. And she said, Jillian, I have this picture on my fridge and it's from a book called Big Panda, Tiny Dragon. And it's a picture and it's it's of the little dragon He's sitting on the panda. I'll send you the picture. Um, and It says, what is more important, asked uh, the dragon or the panda, "Forget the journey or the destination? Mm. And then it said, the company, said the panda. And I think that the other piece of this is that we all go through things, and it's not about not going through them. It's about who are we going through them with? Because that's the magic of life, right? It's the friend that you can call when you're not okay and you can't breathe. And it's the people that we talk to, who we listen to, who we surround ourselves with. It's the company.
0: Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful way to end this. And what I would say to anyone that's listening, because if you're listening, chances are you've reached out. (laughs) But you are so right, because I've realized just how much love. (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm getting back all the love I've just been dosing out like it's coming back and it's overwhelmingly beautiful Mm -hmm. but the things that people are doing like like my outfit for the funeral something as simple as that it's been taken care of i just said to somebody i want an african outfit and she showed me one this morning and i was like oh tell me tell me where to order she says no 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 sis like i got you you know i was like god got me you know and what you said is so right we're not going through this alone and and uh and the company you are part of my company And I appreciate this time I've had with you. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy. I mustered the courage.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: You know, thank you. Thank you for for that. I'm so happy we canceled. This This is the
1: thing. Life, life ebbs and flows and things happen. And I think at the end of the day, are we showing up, you know, and am I going through on the days when I need to be, Find courage and muster courage. Yeah. Or days that are beautiful, and you're on a beach, and yeah. you're sipping a margarita. Like yeah. showing up, showing up for life, for us, yeah. and for ourselves, right? Because we get one opportunity to life. One and... opportunity,
0: Eminem. One opportunity. And are we going to? That's see right. One yes. shot. <laughs> <laughs> <What's that? What's... laughs> One opportunity. That's so right. So Dr. Jillian, you know, I usually do these rapid thrivers, but you know, I think the way that we ended this is just beautiful for the content for the context of this conversation. Mm -hmm. So but where do the listeners find you? Where do we find more of you? Yeah. And do you have anything special Uh, coming up like,
1: um, so, my website is a great place to find me, which is just my name and I'm dealing with a g. so it's g i l l i a n m mm-hmm. a n d i c h. um and I am successfully procrastinating writing a book but that will be coming soon. <laughs> like, so <procrastinate. laughs> stay tuned. I, i'm I'm starting to carve out actual time. okay, so.
0: okay. do you know yeah. what's, what's the what's the book called? Uh, good question. Oh you don't know yet? Okay. Well I'll let you know. Please, please let me know because I want a pre I, I want to pre-order pre-release. You are getting an advanced okay. copy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um I promise. Wow, this just such a beautiful conversation. Oh. And this in this um this podcast is called Empowered My Skin and would love to know to you what that means.
1: I used to think that empowered meant strong in the way we were talking about strong before, where it's like, I'm empowered. And what I have learned, especially in the past few years, and and especially from the lens of my research, uh, but also my personal experience is that empowered is living your truth and feeling everything. Mm. Empowering is it's to me being empowered is me living my life and my truth. And sometimes empowered means crying and sometimes empowered means laughing and sometimes empowered means sitting by myself in silence and the the grace of being able to be who we are. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from Joseph Campbell. And he said, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. Mm. And I love this mm. quote because life is a privilege. I very much understand, right? We were talking about nothing is guaranteed to us. So I think when we understand that our life is a privilege and that the privilege that we have is being who we are. To me that's when we're empowered is when we are able to be who we are in whatever capacity that is and we allow ourselves to go through all of the things and to feel all of the things and to not do it alone, right? Because strength isn't individuals, right? We yeah. we're, we are hardwired for connection yeah. as humans. And so um yes, that's it.
0: Oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. Such a great way to bring this to a close. I am so grateful Mm. to you. And I'm sure the listeners, I just know, I know, I know I feel so much fuller right now. Um, And so I know that that came through this conversation and because of you. So thank you so much. Thank you listeners for tuning in. And this is unfortunately where I have to say, we're out. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. So there you have it. I hope you are thriving and feeling empowered and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Bilyeu says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome sharing energy with you. It's your girl and I'm out.